So far on this podcast, I've covered the basics of tarot and interviewed some of the best tarot readers out there. I have more interviews on the way, but for the next couple of weeks, I want to dive deeper into the essence and practice of tarot and get to the heart of why you may not feel confident when reading tarot for others and maybe even when reading for yourself. This episode will cover what I believe are the different levels of tarot reading, how to enhance your intuition when reading tarot, and the best way to develop your talent. This is all my opinion. I haven't read these ideas anywhere else, and I'm not sure if anybody else has thought about it like this. So if you like what you hear, please feel free to share it with anyone you think might enjoy it. And make sure to follow this podcast to let me know this is a direction you'd like to go in. All right, let's begin. So, back in 2016, I decided to become a professional tarot reader. I followed what other tarot masters told me to do. I journaled my daily tarot pulls, sourced new tarot material, read books that totally focused on the symbology of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, and books that shunned that deck entirely. I have pages upon pages of notes from all different viewpoints, objectives, and time periods. But after two years, I hardly felt more confident than when I started. And maybe you're thinking, two years? It takes so much longer than that. And that's what I told myself after two years. But now I know that's just not true. People get their master's degrees in two years. We are only studying 78 cards. So yeah, two years is a long time to still feel confused. And I've met people who've studied tarot for 20 plus years who still don't feel like they know what they're doing. And some even refuse to read for other people because they're afraid a bubble will burst and they'll find out after all this time and energy that tarot doesn't really work. So you are not alone if you still feel overwhelmed and frustrated by tarot. And by the end of this episode, you should feel a lot more freed up and excited about learning tarot. Let's first take a look at what I consider to be the different levels of experience when it comes to tarot reading. This will help you decide where you are on your journey and how to level up if you feel called to. There's three levels of tarot reading. Level one are the enthusiastic tarot readers. Level two are the warrior tarot readers. And level three are the sage tarot readers, which include two types of tarot readers who I call focused readers and open readers. And level three doesn't have a hierarchy. I just wanted to differentiate between two types of expert tarot readers. And you'll find out in a second why it's important to know the difference. So who are the enthusiastic tarot readers? And could you be one? This group is the least experienced of the three. But that does not take away from their connection to tarot and all things magical. They'd be the equivalent of a high school student in magic high school. They tend to read tarot mainly for themselves. And if they do read for others, they may feel a bit lost or need to use a book of definitions. If they choose to develop their skill level to what I call a warrior tarot reader, they a lot of times become bored or dissatisfied with the scholastic demand. If they don't choose to develop their skills further, they remain in the wonder of tarot. 
using it for self-exploration and spiritual development. Their pure connection to the cards can facilitate strikingly accurate interpretations and revelations, though they usually don't know how they arrived there or how to replicate the experience. I love enthusiastic tarot readers because they simply want to experience magic in their life without the pressure of compensation or recognition. They just want to hold a magical space for themselves and sometimes other people. Who are the warrior tarot readers? If you've been listening to this podcast consistently, you're probably a warrior tarot reader. A warrior tarot reader is someone who is searching for spiritual enlightenment and wants to pass that enlightenment to others. They know the definitions of the cards very well or are currently studying them very diligently and can usually explain what's going on in a tarot spread. They're more determined than an enthusiastic tarot reader and they may have a goal to make tarot reading their main profession. This level of tarot reading would be the equivalent of an undergraduate student in the College of Magic. Warrior tarot readers tend to lean into the psychological interpretations of the cards, and they'll probably use these interpretations even if the seeker asks them about something practical or is concerned about an event in the future. This group tends to be the most frustrated because they don't know how to grow beyond this point. They often get bored with tarot and leave their desire to improve their talent behind. Warrior tarot readers sometimes become professional tarot readers, but they often grossly undercharge for their time and find themselves drained and dissatisfied after a reading. What would benefit them greatly would be to work toward level three, the sage tarot reader, the tarot reader we all imagine we could be. Let me first describe the image most of us probably have in our heads of what a sage tarot reader is. A sage tarot reader speaks the truth of the cards, even if it's not what the seeker wants to hear. They're able to spot deception, and they can reveal secrets. They can light the way to a desired goal, and they can determine if there's any upcoming opportunities or challenges. They can see into the future and convey the most likely outcomes. They can also dive deep into the subconscious to retrieve gems of wisdom that help awaken or even transform the seeker. That's the tarot reader I wanted to become. And maybe that's the type of tarot reader you want to become. So who are sage tarot readers really? Sage tarot readers are curious about the human experience, and they use tarot to further their exploration into human emotions and affairs. Sage tarot readers don't place any limits on what tarot can communicate, though the reader may place limits on the questions they want to answer. Sage tarot readers would be in the master's program of Magic Graduate School. They share the same open-heartedness as the enthusiasts, and they've studied tarot as diligently as the warriors. But now, they're learning how to bridge their tarot knowledge to attributes that reflect modern situations, relationships, and truths about life. 
This level requires an enhancement of the tarot reader's intuition, compassion, and experience. How do they do all this? They first choose whether they want to be a focused tarot reader or an open tarot reader. Neither of these tarot readers are better than the other, but by finding this out early on, you'll be able to move forward with a lot more confidence. A focused tarot reader is someone who has a particular topic that they want to hone in on. They could focus on love, career, conflict resolution, spiritual journeys, future happenings, or anything else you can think of. The focused tarot reader needs to become incredibly familiar with their subject from every angle possible, to the point where they could write a doctoral dissertation. An open tarot reader, which is what I am, is curious about absolutely everything, so their journey is more like getting multiple master's degrees. They want to be familiar with as many subjects as they can. An open tarot reader thrives on discovery and change. Both types of sage tarot readers have shifted their focus from learning the cards to learning about life. Sage tarot readers also intentionally enhance their intuition by participating in practices that consistently balance their mind and their body. Though I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any tarot reader that's 100% right all the time, you can increase your accuracy up to 85-90% if you quiet the thoughts that drown out your intuition. Unlike the thousands of voices that make up all of your thoughts, your intuition only has one voice, and it can't be heard over the myriad of ideas, conversations, flashbacks, negative triggers, and personal longings that go on inside of your mind. Some of the most effective practices for quieting the mind are meditation, exercise, and stretching. Meditation takes the focus from your mind to your body. And over time, you start to feel comfortable letting your thoughts go. A consistent meditation practice increases the volume of your intuition. And after a while, you'll be able to hear it loud and clear whether you're meditating or not. If you've never meditated before, or have tried in the past and couldn't keep it up, you may want to check out my 30-day meditation challenge. It starts off very slow, just one to two minutes meditating with beautiful visuals and sounds that increase in time over the course of 30 days. You're emailed a new meditation at the same time daily, so you don't even need to remind yourself or set any alarms. And you just have to open your email, click on the link, and press play. If you're interested, I've put the link in the bio section below. Or if you're streaming this episode or listening from the Aquarium Plus portal, it's in the back of the Flipbook magazine. There's a code for 25% off, so you'll get 30 days of meditation for $33. It was a pleasure putting it together, so I hope you enjoy your meditation journey if you choose to take the challenge. Cardio exercise is important because it improves the quality of your breath and cardiovascular system, which lowers anxiety and fear-based responses that cover up your intuition. Pain 
in our bodies also covers up our intuition because it's hijacked by sending signals that you need to attend to your body by stretching it. Your intuition will find it hard to talk about anything else. If you want to combine exercise with stretching, I highly suggest Pilates or yoga, and there are tons of free videos on YouTube. Check them out and see if any instructors inspire you. I personally love Move with Nicole. Also, if you can't stretch or exercise for any reason, please look into breath work. That's another lovely way of regulating your breath and decreasing your anxiety and fear-based triggers. And there's also a lot of free videos on YouTube that will support your journey. Other ways you can enhance your intuition are by creating your own code of ethics and superstitions and sticking to them. For me, I will never answer any questions that revolve around whether someone will live or die. I also don't do health readings because I don't know enough about health to bridge them to tarot cards. I have a superstition of shuffling the deck three times every morning on days I'm going to do a reading for myself, and I shuffle three times right before I speak with a client. This sets up the uprights and reversals and ensures in my mind that I am completely clear of preconceived expectations or judgments. Okay, let's go on to general tarot readings and how sage tarot readers would approach them. A general tarot reading is used when the seeker doesn't have a question. They just want to know what's going on in their life overall. Sage tarot readers prepare for general readings by investigating books and building their vocabulary around scenarios and relationships we humans find ourselves in. The sage tarot reader knows the cards so well, they can read any of these stories and link them back to specific cards. This does not require them to memorize anything, though they'll take a lot of notes when they learn something that illuminates a card in a new way. I've compiled a list of 10 books that a sage tarot reader would have on their shelf to reference when they want to brush up on general tarot readings. All of these books are linked in the bio section below, or if you're listening to the full streamed version or from the Aquarium Plus portal, these books are listed in the flipbook pages. And if you're on my mailing list, links to these books are available in the email that's being sent out today. All of the books but one are linked to purchase on bookshop.org, a company on a mission to save small bookshops. So if you like to read physical books and one of these books piques your interest, make sure you purchase from bookshop.org. They arrive as quickly as an Amazon delivery and your purchase directly impacts the longevity of local bookstores. The first book is called Generations by Jean M. Twenge, an American psychologist. Generations was published only a few months ago, so this is the most up-to-date study of the real differences between five living generations, the Silence, the Boomers, the Gen Xers, Millennials, and Gen Z. And the author does bring up what they call the Polars, which is the newly born generation that has not grown up really yet. I have been looking for a book like this for so long, specifically for tarot reading, because each generation has a different energy. This book was so helpful to me because 
I'm an elder millennial. I was born after the internet went public, but 10 years before it was a household fixture. And I think I was about 13 when my family adopted AOL. So I'm kind of stuck between what Gen X experienced, what younger millennials experienced, and pretty far removed from the needs and values of Gen Z. But I've read cards for all generations and want to improve my translation to bring up concerns and desires that are most prevalent in that generation. And it was also just super fascinating to find out what we think certain generations really believed and what they actually believed and how what we think about our generation actually doesn't hold up. It was just a really cool book. So I definitely recommend it. It is only based in American statistics. So if you are outside of America, it may not be as interesting for you. So the next two books are a huge help when it comes to vocabulary. They're called The Urban and Rural Thesaurus by Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi. The books are such a huge help when it comes to describing the scenes of a story. You know, when tarot readers say court cards can be a person or a place, These books help you build an imagination and vocabulary for different places. The Rural Setting Thesaurus breaks down over a hundred natural and personal settings to show how sensory detail can evoke mood, steer emotion, and create conflict. The Urban Setting Thesaurus lists 120 urban locations that we all have either found ourselves in, heard of, or describes locations you may have never known existed. These books are great for anyone who wants to immerse themselves in the surroundings of the seeker to better understand the setting of the inquiry or the personal environment. These books are really geared towards writers, but I feel like we're storytellers, you know? We do that with the storyboard of tarot, and it just helps enhance your imagination when you're looking at the cards and wanting to connect with the seeker. The rest of the books are meant to enhance your clairvoyance and clairsentience. Clairvoyance is characterized by a vivid imagination that can be used by intuition to relay messages in the form of pictures. Clairsentience is characterized by an active emotional life that can be used by your intuition to relay messages that are more complicated than an image can portray. Think of the game Pictionary and you'll get it. Sometimes we can present as happy but actually feel sad and that sadness may not be straightforward. Reading these books will bring your imagination and emotions to so many walks of life. You'll cry, you'll laugh, you'll relate, and you'll learn something you never knew before, or maybe never considered possible. The first two books I'm going to mention are by the same author, Brandon Stanton, and the books are Humans of New York and Humans of New York Stories. I'm sure most of you have already read Humans of New York on Instagram, But being able to look through them in book form really gets you closer to everyday people and their everyday circumstances. Humans of New York is a large picture book with captions that have one to two sentences. And this book is perfect for someone who is naturally clairvoyant or someone who wants to enhance their clairvoyance. Humans of New York stories includes paragraphs about the person's life. This book is perfect for people who are naturally clairsentient or for those who want to enhance their clairsentience. 
I personally have both books because I am both clairsentient and clairvoyant, and both of these books definitely helped enhance those intuitive faculties. And the remaining five books are wonderful short story compilations that will take you through all sorts of life circumstances. They talk about friendships, love won, love lost, plot twists, chaos, courage, family drama, conflicts, impossible standards, depression, forgiveness, sexual desires, hope, and failure. I'm just going to go through each of their descriptions because I could spend an hour gushing over each one of these, but I don't want to take that long, so here we go. Read This If, a collection of short stories compiled by Thought Catalog. You are an individual, your very own set of specific characteristics and experiences and emotions. And yet... So much of what you're going through is relatable to so many others. This book will show you that you are never alone. Read this book if nobody texted you this morning. Read this book if you're worried that you'll never find the one. Read this book if there's something you can't forgive yourself for. Whatever you're feeling, this book will help you feel understood. Everyday People, The Color of Life Everyday People is a thoughtfully curated anthology of short stories that presents new and renowned work by established and emerging writers of color. It illustrates the dynamics of character and culture that reflect familial strife, political conflict, and personal turmoil through an array of stories that reveal the depth of the human experience. Representing a wide range of styles, themes, and perspectives, these selected short stories depict moments that linger, crossroads to be navigated, relationships, epiphanies, and times of doubt, loss, and discovery. A Good Day to Start A Good Day to Start is a collection of 20 literary short stories bursting with chaos, plot complications, humor, and hope. From repentant prison inmates to hotshot scientists, frustrated Wall Streeters, and a grieving park ranger. These characters who are nearing the end of their ropes need to change course. And while settings, styles, and viewpoints contrast sharply, they cope with shifting circumstances in similar ways. They pretend, disengage, and resist until an unexpected spark tests their courage. Remarkable Diaries Bringing together historical and literary diaries, artists' sketchbooks, explorers' journals, and scientists' notebooks, Remarkable Diaries provides an intimate insight into the lives and thoughts of some of the most interesting people of the last 2,000 years. Discover what it was like to build a pyramid, sail the seas with Magellan, travel into the heart of Africa, or serve on the Western Front. Find out how writers and artists planned their masterpieces and how scientists developed their groundbreaking theories. And last, but absolutely not least, Untold, Defining Moments of the Uprooted. Untold, Defining Moments of the Uprooted 
is a collection of real stories that explores the South Asian experience in the U.S., U.K., and Canada through the lens of identity, being, and relationships. 32 emerging voices share deeply personal moments relating to immigration, infertility, divorce, mental health, suicide, sexual orientation, gender identity, racism, colorism, casteism, religion, and much more, all while balancing the push and pull of belonging to two cultural hemispheres. Here's some tarot games you can play while reading these short stories. Before you read each short story, shuffle the deck and pull a card. Try to find the card in the story. Even if it doesn't reflect the main narrative, it certainly will show up somewhere. If you can't find any way that it fits, go look up different definitions from different sources. This is how you use tarot books at the sage level. Tarot books help you build the bridge from the card to the story. You can also do this with the thesaurus books that I mentioned earlier, but I'd intentionally match a card to a place they've listed rather than pulling a card at random to represent the location. If you want to challenge yourself, still do the above. Pull out a card and see how it shows up in the story. But also write down every time you read something that sounds like a card. Here's an example, using a few sentences from the book, Read This If. I don't think I've experienced a single loss in my life that I've gotten over in the time frame that seems to have been allotted by society as acceptable. I suspect that I'm not alone there. It is not human nature to let go. We are, at our core, territorial creatures. We fight to hold on to what we love. Giving up isn't in any way instinctual. This paragraph, to me, represents the card death, since death can be a painful loss or change in your life. But when the author spoke about fighting to hold on to what we love... I saw the Seven of Wands and the Nine of Wands. You may have seen the star as the main story because the author is talking about healing spiritually from loss. And maybe you saw the Four of Pentacles in your mind, since the Four of Pentacles represents holding on tight to what you love and value. It doesn't matter which cards you come to as long as that card builds a bridge that deepens your understanding of it in real-world situations. All right, now let's dissect probably the most famous general spread out there, the Celtic Cross. This is a good spread if a person doesn't have a question and you just want to get a general understanding of what's going on in their life. This is where the podcast episode ends. So if you want to hear the rest of the episode, you can stream it below for $5. Or for the same amount, you can become a member of the Aquarium Plus where you'll receive full episodes in magazine form with clickable links and diagrams delivered to your email weekly. As the Aquarium Plus grows, the offerings will grow. And I'm still working to set up our first meeting, but my friend turned me on to Discord, so I'm creating an exclusive chat page for us to meet, discuss tarot, and practice readings. So if you're signing off, make sure to tune in next week when I break down how to perform a love tarot reading blessed be. So I pulled my own cards for a Celtic cross spread. 
and you should be able to see that in the diagram in the flipbook, the different positions.